Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Hello, welcome back to Your Brand Amplified. I'm Annika Jackson, and I'm doing something a little different. We are going to be doing an entrepreneur spotlight. And today we have an amazing artist. We have Theresa Holly Shellcroft, who has a master's in fine art, is an artist and nonprofit founder, and just all around amazing human being with a great story. So Theresa, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I'd love for you to talk to our audience a little bit about how you became interested in art and what led you to pursue your passion. Well, actually, I was born this way. I I can't I can't remember a time when it wasn't a choice in my life. And throughout life, I've wondered about that. But now I have a granddaughter who is six. And she's been saying since she was three years old, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. So (laughs) he proved it to me. (laughs) Um, So there was there wasn't ever a question about what I wanted to do. Uh, It just always was. And I had a very supportive family. My grandfather bought me my first set of oil paints when I was eight years old. And every time I think about me sitting at my grandmother's dining room table painting, I shudder. (laughs) What were they thinking? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, when I got, well, then I learned sewing around the same age. So when I got to college, I wanted to major in art and sewing. And they said, well, you can't do both. I said, okay, well, it was art, music, and sewing. I said, well, you can't do all of those. So I stayed with art. <laughs> wow. I have that. One of my questions is going to be if your family was supportive of you becoming an artist, because I think families typically want us to have more standard, typical day job type majors and careers. But it's so fantastic that, that they didn't put you in that box like that. No, uh, actually, where I went to college, you had to get a teaching credential. So you majored in art, but my teaching credential was art education. Mm -hmm. And that's so you could have a job when you graduated. Okay, nice. Yeah. Wonderful. And so you have a Bachelor of Science in Art Education and a Master's of Art in Fine Art. You've had postgraduate studies in art history and African and African American art. So... How did you have your career as an artist, as an educator, and then decide that there was a need for a nonprofit as well? So tell us a little bit about that. Well, before I retired from teaching, I started teaching in 1969. I retired from full-time teaching in 2007. And when I knew I was going to retire, I decided to start the nonprofit so that I could continue working in the arts after I graduated. Also, um, I grew up in Huntington, West Virginia, mm-hmm. and I grew up in the 50s when things were segregated. And our teachers and our parents made sure we had the arts. So every Saturday morning, we all went to the local community center and um, had art and music and dance and all sorts of things. Oh, so I wanted to continue that, that activity, too, so that it's offered to the community. Mm, wonderful. And where are you based now? I'm in Victorville, California. Okay, great. And what kinds of things do you do when you're nonprofit, which is creative expressions? Is that correct? Yeah, PPS creative expressions. Mm -hmm. We do, um, we curate 
art exhibits. We just did one at the Victor Valley Museum. Uh, we also do art with students in the summer, uh, after school programs, lectures, presentations, craft shows, things like that. What is one of the most surprising things that you learned when you decided to start a nonprofit? How much work it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, something people don't always realize. Starting a, right. starting a nonprofit means you're an entrepreneur. Exactly. It, it's a, you have to do so much of the same stuff that you would do if you're starting any business. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Keeping records, paying taxes, filing paperwork, you know. <laughs> All the, all the not fun stuff that we don't right. want to do because we want to do the stuff that we really love and that we're passionate about. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. And what is something that has been a real aha moment for one of your students going through your programs with a nonprofit? Oh, let me think. I think um, children always have the idea they can't because mm -hmm. somebody along the line told them they couldn't. Or they have the idea that to be an artist, you have to be able to draw everything. Mm -hmm. So I like to introduce them to abstract art. I like to introduce them to collage so that they get over that fear. And so the aha moment is when the light comes on and I see this. Oh, yes, I can do this. You know, <laughs> I can be creative. And my goal is not to create artists, but to open up your channels of creativity. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, my daughter is an artist. But she's also very into science and math. And I don't think people always understand the connection between the two. Exactly. And yeah. having that creative mind helps her not just be creative when she is in art class, but then also when she's thinking about what she wants to do in science and what kinds of things she wants to study. And I, there, it's definitely a portal. And I don't, you can't oh, yes. have one without the other. Right. My husband, my ex-husband, uh, was a science major. He was oh. actually a med student. And um, I always used his anatomy books for my paintings and drawings. <laughs> and, you know. and any field we go into, we need creativity. And if it's not fostered, we don't have that creative thinking. We don't think outside the box in any field. So that's what I see the major thing for me to do an artist to to awaken creativity. Mm, that's beautiful. Creative thinking. Mm -hmm. Now, beyond being a teacher with a very robust storied career, starting a nonprofit, as an artist, you also have work in private and public collections throughout the United States. Right. What was that process like? Did you do local art shows? Did you have to submit? Was there like an RFP for certain art and you had to submit it or... What is that? Um, yes. Um, for example, shows I've done in New York, the galleries have sent out a, a call for artists and then you submit your work and you wait to hear if you're, mm. you're accepted or not. Then when I began quilting about 40 years ago, um, Carolyn Maslumi, who has the um, African American Quilters Network, mm. did a variety of shows that I participated in all over the country. So. So sometimes on your own and sometimes connecting with a group, mm -hmm. you know. But basically, um, another local artist, Charles Bibbs, when he was starting out, and I was down in his studio and we were talking, I said, how do you get started? He said, you just start. You just get <laughs> your name out there. <laughs> he 
He said, it doesn't matter if you're accepted or not. You want to get your name out there so people know who you are. Yeah. And I imagine even if you don't get picked for one art show, if there is another one that has a theme where they, you're, they remember you and you say, oh, right. this artist yeah, might be really exactly. good for this. Yeah. Right. That just happened to me. I've done several shows at the Ontario Museum in mm. California. And I just got an email one day saying, would you like to do a one woman show? Fantastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just took that down. That's what you see around me. I just brought it home. <laughs> they are gorgeous. Thank gorgeous you. Art. Yeah. So what continues to inspire and motivate you to continue <sighs> to pursue life. and share? Yeah, life, uh, things that happen in life, uh, songs, music, poetry, things I see every day. Mm-hmm. Everything inspires me. I don't have one road. Yeah. 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 You're open and you can see the joy in your work as well. The use of color. And um, it looks like there's multiple textures and emotions coming through the pieces that I'm looking at behind you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I just started a a little collage on the incident in Texas with all the school children. And it was very dark and then very dark. I'm still not done with it. And then I left it there for a while looking at it. And I didn't want to put any guns or anything in. And then I thought, no, we need we need to have some joy. So just the other day, I cut out paper dolls and put clothes on them, and I glued that on the canvas. I'm still not done. So yeah, I can't stay in that dark place long. Yeah, well, and I think even out of darkness, we have to find that joy. We have to find the goodness and how right. whether that's people coming together to make change in the community. Right. Right. Um, right. Or to support each other in time. Yeah. Right. Because that's I I think that's how the human species survives is we face dark things all the time. Exactly. If if we don't come together and find joy in something and some way forward, we wouldn't survive. We wouldn't be right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So what do you see as next for you? Your living the dream, you're an artist, <laughs> you have your nonprofit, um, and you're doing multiple modalities of art. I am. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about that. I'm still teaching part-time at the college. Mm. And I sort of see that coming to an end so that I can spend more time with my art and doing, you know. Yeah. I love teaching. I especially love teaching our history. But it, I feel like after 53 years, it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. Time for your next journey, your next phase. Right. <laughs> yes. Actually, and um, one of the reasons I stayed in teaching, I love it, but also it gave me the financial income to support my art career. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, this stuff is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What is the easiest way of some, do you take commissions or do you have like a website or a place people can come and purchase your art? I don't have a website yet. I was going to work on that yesterday, but that didn't happen. Um, so right now I don't have a website. I did have one some years ago, but it was so much work. to keep up. It was just, it took too much time. So I let it go. Yeah. Otherwise they just have to connect me connect with me if they're interested. Um, I do art shows and, and um, things of that nature. Okay. Yeah. 
Wonderful. Um, and so I can share in the show notes, what, however you're comfortable, I can share your email or your LinkedIn or. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra or some phrase that you live by? Yes. Um, my grandparents raised me so my mother could go to college. And when I finished college, my grandmother loved poetry. So I bought her a book of poetry. And when she passed and I went home to get the book, she had marked certain poems she loved. And one that really stood out to me is the sun has never failed us yet. And that's 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 how I look at every day. You know, the sun has never failed us. So there's always hope. There's always tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's that's something that seems like a strong thread throughout your entire career, starting out during segregation with the community saying, hey, our kids need art classes. Our yeah. kids need to be exposed to all of these things as well. Right. At, you know, not getting into school, but you still need it. Yeah. Dude, today, well, were you- Well, a- we, had, we had segregated schools too. Yeah. So we got it at school, but it was on Saturday that our parents said, okay, yeah. you're not sitting around the house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I'm still I'm still very close friends with a lot of those those um same people. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then here 50 plus years of teaching and influencing the next generation and then like multiple generations of artists. Mm-hmm. That yeah. has to be really amazing for you to look at. You know, I think if I stopped and looked back, it would be <laughs> um one, my home is in West Virginia. And one summer I went home and I had a little boy in sixth grade who couldn't read. Mm-hmm. And I worked with him and worked with him. But by that time, children shut down. They know they can't read. So I, I convinced the principal to send him to a vocational school mm-hmm. instead of to junior high because he wasn't going to make it. So he did. Fast forward 30 years later, I go home. I'm in the grocery store. And guess who I meet? That little boy. Oh, gosh. He had a home, he had a wife, he had a car, he had a job. That's to me, that's that's what teaching is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten whole body chills several times when you've been talking during this conversation. Um, I can just tell what an impact that you have made and that you continue to make. It it really just radiates through. So thank you so much for coming on for an entrepreneur spotlight. Um, now, I do want to ask, what's the best way for us to support your nonprofit and to support you and so that you can continue doing the good work that you're doing? To uh, contact me through my email mm-hmm. and we'll go from there. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right now we're working on, uh, in the nonprofit, I just did a quilt show or art quilt show at our local museum mm-hmm. on the Negro spirituals. And I had a grant to record it. So now I'm in the process of putting, I'm not putting it together, but I have a uh, graphic designer who's putting that together. So we want to put that out and use that as a fundraiser also. But also I'd like to continue that show, you know, in other venues. So (laughs) I'm looking into that. Wonderful. Uh, And is, is you had one ask today, what is the best way to, for people to support you? Is it money to the nonprofit to help fund what you're doing? Is uh, it connections? Maybe somebody's listening who has connections to other museums that would want that exhibit. All of that money, oh. connections, especially connections. Um, 
it's it's so hard today i think because there's so many people and so many groups out there that it's hard to get a listening ear so mm -hmm. well thank you is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we sign off keep painting keep smiling and keep, <laughs> keep being creative <laughs> wonderful Theresa, thank you so much. Really thank you so much. Today. This is wonderful. Yeah, to our audience, thank you for listening to our Entrepreneur Spotlight and listening to this Theresa's story and learning about TPS Creative Expressions. Thank you. We'll be back again next week. Want more? Check out AmplifyWithAnnika.com or follow me on socials at AmplifyWithAnnika.com.